Me to Galatians, Galatians chapter number two, Galatians two, and we're going to be starting in verse number eighteen and reading down to verse number twenty-one. Galatians chapter number two, verse number eighteen, going down to verse number twenty-one. We'll read this responsively. You'll read the odd verses. I'll read the even verses, beginning in verse number eighteen, going down to verse number twenty-one. Galatians chapter two. And let's begin. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me, and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice that you did on the cross to give us grace, to give us forgiveness of our sins. We ask you, please help us, Lord, as the as preacher preaches to us. Help us to listen, pay attention, keep the distractions down, especially during the invitation time. And Lord, would you have your will and way today in this service? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The older I get and the more people I meet and the more people I help, the more... I hate to say it this way, the more I see people surviving, not living. It seems like life today is survival, not real living. I've been preaching for 43 years. I've been in the ministry full time for 34, almost 35 years. And I've worked with people in uh, almost every state of this great union. I've preached in 34 states. I've been around. I help a lot. Let me say this. God did not create us for us to just endure life. He made us to enjoy life. Did you know God made everything for man to enjoy? Not until sin entered did man begin to not enjoy life. Not until sin did death come. Not until sin did the process of death and the complications of sin come that cause man not to enjoy life. Sin added the process of death to all life. May I say something? Sin is what began temporary and limited eternal life sin changed everything God intended for man listen to that statement again sin changed everything God intended for man (laughs) I'm going to make a statement some may not like doesn't matter it's scriptural everything that happens in life is not happening the way God planned it God's not been allowed to plan it and us to live it the way he planned. Everybody doing okay? Everything God planned 
He's in control of it all. You've done some things he's not in control of. You sinned. So have I. Have you ever heard these words? Watch this, y'all. He ain't in control of that. Uh -uh. That means duck, look out, get out of the way. Now, sin changed everything God intended. Hell was not made for man. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. But when man sinned, the very same sin that Satan sinned, God had to enlarge hell and man was condemned there because God's justice requires the same punishment on sin. My Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Did you know if you reject God and you reject salvation and die and go to hell, it's not God's fault, it's yours. That's right. Come on. Jesus did everything necessary for salvation. Right. He paid it all. He authored it and he finished it. Amen. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. Well, a loving God wouldn't send anybody to hell. You're exactly right. That's why he gave us Jesus. Amen. Amen. So if somebody dies and goes there, it's not his will, it's your will. You don't get there by works of righteousness which you have done. But by his mercy he saved us. For by grace are you saved through faith. We read in Galatians chapter 2, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. See, well, I do my best to keep the Ten Commandments. God bless you, but the Ten Commandments never had anything to do with going to heaven. The Ten Commandments are civil law. That's why they were hung in our courthouses in America when America was founded on the principles of God and the Word of God. Liberals can take it and put it in their pipe and smoke it for all I care. America was founded as a Christian nation. Don't read what the historians have perverted. Read what the forefathers said in their own words. Everybody doing okay? The Ten Commandments were the constitution for the Hebrew people in the wilderness to take into Canaan land. It had absolutely nothing to do with going to heaven. Absolutely nothing to do. It was civil law. What about the priestly laws? That was to show what Jesus was going to do. By the way, Jesus came and fulfilled it. That's why he said you're no more priests. Everybody doing okay? Now hang on here for a second. Well, what about the moral laws? Those things are still applicable. Did you know God said that you're supposed to wash your hands after you use the washroom? It's in the Bible. Where do you think you got the septic system in the outhouse from? The Bible. He said, dig a hole and put it in and cover it up. Everybody doing okay? Now, everything's in the book. We just got to read it. We don't need to rewrite it. We need to reread the one he gave us. Now, man, you got me off target already. I'm kind of like my, my beagle dog that gets scent blind. Can't get him back, Amen. Now, sin changed the earth. Sin is what brought on this struggle, what we call life today. 
And that sin that man chose is what causes us to survive and not live. We listened to the devil and committed the same sin as he did. And we want to blame God and it's all our fault. Did you know God did not sin? So why is it God's fault that you sinned? Now, because of this, life has to be lived differently than the way God planned. That's what Romans 8.28 is all about. And we know that all things work together for good. He didn't say all things were good. He said, I'll help you salvage all the good we can out of the bad that there is. But he didn't say everything was going to be good. These radio preachers and TV preachers and so-called preachers, oh, just trust Jesus and all your problems go away. They didn't read the Bible I have. The very God of that book, they crucified Jesus. Didn't work out so good for him. If it didn't work out good for him and he wasn't a sinner, what chance do we have? God never said that you wouldn't have problems. But he did say that if you get saved, you'd have the Holy Spirit of God go through it with you. He had to have the word of God to guide you. Now, because God says that we're sinners, because we are sinners, listen to this statement. Life has had to change for us. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20 is very confusing to most. I want you to notice, and this is the title of my sermon today, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Today we're going to talk about the crucified life. How does God expect us to live if we get crucified? It's kind of like that verse in the Bible says he woke up dead. That, That one's kind of funny to me. How do you wake up dead? But he did, all right? How does God expect us to live if we crucify ourselves? It seems to be opposite of what we think. Let me help you. After 43 years of preaching, I can make a statement without hesitation. Whatever God says is always best. What God says is best. Matter of fact, my Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. I love Brother Anthony. I think he's a fine young man. I think he's got a great wife. Amen. Amen. Now, wait a minute. I love Brother Anthony, but that doesn't mean he's always going to be right. You can take that for whatever you want. Amen. By the way, I'm not always right. Hush up. I'm right more than you are. Amen to that. Now, hang on for a second. I've learned this, though. After 43 years of serving God and preaching and living as best I can for him, it may not make sense, but whatever God says, you can trust it. Have you ever seen how bad man messes things up? Shoot, they don't even know what bathroom to use. 
They don't realize two bulls don't make a cow. They don't realize two roosters don't have eggs. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Now, listen to this very carefully. As long as we do things God's way, it will probably not make sense to the world. Can I tell you something? That book doesn't make sense to the lost world. Can I tell you why? They don't know the author like we do. <laughs> when you know the author, it starts making a whole lot more sense. You see, the world and the flesh and the devil are going the same direction. Christianity and the word of God is going in a totally opposite direction. We are not to have a church that looks like the world. We're to have the world come to the church and be more like him. I'm sick up to here with modern quote-unquote religion that looks just like a rock concert from, from, the, from the world. <laughs> Folks, God said, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Just because it has the word church on it doesn't mean God's in it. Just like if you were born in a garage, it doesn't make you a car. <laughs> Preacher, that just doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't make sense to God either. You put the name church on something, it goes against him. You can put whatever label you want on that, amen? Now, hang on here. Here we go. When God says that he wants us to live crucified, he is saying that we have to die to what we want in our flesh, in our emotions, to do what he wants. Being crucified means you give your life and place it in someone else's hands. You die to what you want to give him what he wants. <clears throat> You're really not going to like this statement. We sing music, even in Christian churches and Christian music, and I'm not against it. <clears throat> God loved me so much. If I were the only one, God would come and die for me. Do you hear the selfishness in that? Do you know why Jesus came? He came to give back to God the Father what God the Father wanted. The byproduct was he loved us. He came to satisfy God, not you. He came to give God the Father what God the Father wanted, not what you wanted, Brother Frank. Now, he loved you enough to save your nasty old carcass. <laughs> Wait a minute. I love him enough to be able to say that, and he knows I love him. Don't get mad, visitors. It's okay. <laughs> your old stinky, fishy, smelly uh, carcass, amen, in the middle of the night. Now, Wait a minute. God loves us enough that he would do that, but Jesus didn't come just for you and me. He came to give the Father what he needed. Amen. He came to settle the debt for the Father, not just for us. Let's not make it so selfish. Oh, he did it all for me. No, he did it all for God. He loved his daddy that much. Everybody doing okay? You see, 
in the Christian life to live the crucified life, you give up what you want to do what he wants. Now listen to me very carefully here. (laughs) Did you know you can go down to the funeral home, open up a casket, and you can say anything you want to the body lying in that casket. There'll be no response. You can say, I love you. It will not say, I love you back. You can say, I hate you. It will not respond. You can get angry, but there'll be no response. You can weep and cry, but there'll be no response. Two and a half, almost three years ago, my mom passed away. She wanted a closed casket. She said, bring the family, open the box, make sure it's me, shut the lid, and don't let anybody else see. My mom had umpteen surgeries. I think my mom had 30-some surgeries in her life. She had both ankles rebuilt, both knees replaced, and one four times, and she had more hardware. My dad used to joke with her. He said, when you die, I'm not sure if I'm going to take you to Browns or take you down to the junkyard. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's just the way it was at our – he would say it lovingly, kind of. Uh, <laughs> right, Pop? <laughs> now, wait a minute. We went to the funeral home Sunday afternoon. Mom was there. Of course, it was a tender moment for a while, and uh, we we had our few moments there. And my dad went, well, I guess she got what she wanted. I said, what do you mean, Dad? He said, I brought her to Brown's and not the junkyard. (laughs) And all in one breath, we kind of started laughing again. We knew what that meant. And by the way, she wasn't there anyway. She was already playing tag with the angels and holding five of our grandbabies, or actually uh, three at that time. She got two more after she got there. Now, wait a minute. Uh, I didn't, you could say I love you, Mom, all you wanted, but there was no response. You could say I'm sorry all you want, but there's no response. I preached a funeral one time of a man who died, had a teenage boy running from God. I got to the funeral home, and I was there early. The family came in, and that teenage boy jumped onto the casket, grabbed a hold of his dad's body, and started to scream, Daddy, I'm sorry. Dad, I'm sorry. I peeled that young man off a casket and said, Son, you can say all you want, but he's not there. But what you do from this moment will prove how sorry you are. I've been there. I know. God says we're to be as dead, crucified, as that dead body in a casket. In order to live. Now watch this. Number one. God wants us crucified to our fleshly desires. Turn to Galatians chapter 5, just a few pages over from where you're at. Galatians chapter 5. And again, I didn't write the Bible, I just read it. Don't get mad at the mailman for delivering the mail, amen? Galatians chapter 5, look at verse number uh, 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit... And the spirit against the flesh. 
And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the same things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are under the law. Now where the works of the what? Flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery. Fornication. Uncleanness. Lasciviousness. Idolatry. Witchcraft. Hatred. Variance. Emulations. Wrath. Strife. Seditions. Heresies. Envyings. Murders. Drunkenness. Revelings and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He said, look, these are the works of the flesh. Boy, do we not see this in our world today. That's like reading through the newspaper all in three verses. Everybody doing okay? Now hang on here. That means this. The smoking and the drinking and the immorality are fleshly and we're supposed to be dead to those things. We're to crucify ourselves and not live that way. We live in such an immoral society. Hang on. (laughs) I'm going to make a whole lot of you mad if I succeed right here. Most all of the video games and cartoons of today are fleshly. And it's not a spiritual thing, it is a physical addiction. Let me read it again. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Most video games and most of what comes out of Hollywood is so much filled with witchcraft, it's unbelievable. Hatred, fighting, killing, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murder, Drunkenness? You look at the average video game of today and look how much violence and killing there is. Police officers will tell you the most dangerous criminals are today because they've been desensitized by video games and they kill over and over and over and over and over to where they have no emotion when they start shooting real people. They have been so desensitized. I've killed a lot of Deer, turkeys, squirrels, rabbits, you name it. Yeah, but they're great with taters and gravy, amen? By the way, God didn't put the plants on the ark. He put the critters there, amen? Just saying. Now, wait a minute. I've, I've told my wife this. She said, because there's been times I've done summer hunts and DNR hunts and different things and killed 20, 30 deer in one, one, one year. And, of course, I didn't eat them all. I gave them away, and I made sure they weren't wasted and things. But I told my wife, the day I pull the trigger and my heart doesn't race is the day I come home and hang the guns up and I'm done. If I can pull the trigger and not feel something... I'm done. Never draw the string on the bow, never put a bullet in the chamber again. Because then I've ceased to be a hunter and started becoming a killer. 
cold-blooded. Everybody doing okay? Say, well, I can do it, preacher. Okay, God bless you, but I decided I wasn't going to be a stone-cold killer. I'd like to hunt. Now, I love shooting squirrels. Every one I shoot, I go, ha, you're not going to get me during deer season. (laughs) But I make sure I treat it with respect, too. Everybody doing okay? You say, well, preacher, I don't think you ought to do it. Then don't do it, but your meat just didn't show up at the supermarket without dying. Hate to tell you that. It didn't show up to the factory prepackaged. Now, wait a minute. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, murder, strife, idolatry. Do you know how many false gods are involved in the video games of today? And yet we are pumping this, I would say, into our children, but I deal with adults who have addictions to video games. Well, I, I'm not addicted to it. Okay, sell all of it and don't, don't buy it again. See how, how well you do. Well, I don't need to do that. Let's not get too serious, preacher. You're the one I'm talking to. You can call me crazy and get upset over it, but I'll tell you this, you're not dead to it. You're not crucified to it. If it gets to the point where you say, Preacher, I I disagree with you and I'm going to do it. I don't care what you say. That means this. You're not dead to it. And you're more addicted to it than somebody on alcohol or marijuana or pot or drugs or whatever it is. Everybody doing okay? It's just as much of an addiction. By the way, it's not a sickness. Drunkenness is not a sickness. You don't drink cancer. You don't drink Parkinson's. Everybody doing okay? (laughs) You don't smoke arthritis. Those are sicknesses and diseases. Everybody doing okay? I'm having fun right now. I feel like I'm on an island all by myself. By the way, we don't need religion that's all about the flesh. Our churches in America today are filled with, oh, the church of your choice. How about the church of God's choice? Oh, I just love my, my, my church because we get, uh, there's, there, there are churches in this area to have teenagers in their church. They put a swimming pool outside to have Wednesday night church and everybody shows up in their bikinis. Be doing all right? Now, uh, I might be 56 years old, but I ain't dead, and I'm smart enough to know that ain't a good thing. Just because you paint your underwear a different color and put water near it doesn't make it right. That's the nicest way I know how to say that. Good night. Where's our sense, America? Where's our sense, Christianity? We're so wrapped up in our flesh that we will not die to it. Just like you go down to the funeral home and talk to the corpse, that's how you're to be about the things of this earth. Did you know that we're to die to those things? Say, preacher, you mean all video games are bad? I didn't say that. But I'll tell you this, if you took as much time as you did on video games and invested in reading your Bible prayer and your family, you'd have 
a whole lot better life. I'll just go ahead and say it and get the rest of you mad. We spend more time on social media than we do with our own family. You don't need Facebook. You need to put your face in the book. Oh, I just want to catch up with people I haven't seen in 20 or 30 or 40 years. Folks, if they haven't talked to you in 30 years, what do you have left to talk about? Oh, people I graduated from high school. Yeah, if you saw them, you wouldn't know who they were. They don't look like you remember, and neither do you. Everybody doing all right? Man, I'm having fun. If you would take your social media time and your play time in video games and invest it in your family and the things of God, give me 12 months and let me show you what would happen to your life. I can't do that, preacher. Then you're not crucified. You're no better than the person that says, well, I can't quit smoking. I can't stop drinking. Yes, you can. Get the Holy Spirit involved, get saved, get right with God, and start investing that time and that money and that effort into the things of God rather than the works of the flesh. Watch what God can do. Amen. i got to hurry. Number two. So we're supposed to f- crucify our flesh to fleshly desires. Number two. <laughs> we're to crucify our soul, which is our emotions, our mind, our thinking. God made man body, soul, and spirit. Body, that's this hunk that you see standing in front of you. Not chunk, hunk. All right? Now, wait a minute. That's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the fleshly part. But wait a minute. There's something inside of you called your soul. And the soul and the spirit are not the same. The soul is my ability to communicate with my fellow man. That is my personality. That is my intellect. What little there is. No punk comments, all right? But remember, you attract what you are. Uh, Now, wait a minute. My soul is that ability to communicate. It's my emotions. It's my personality. My Bible says in Psalm 119, 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Sounds like you're dead. I am sick up to here. You used the wrong pronoun. You offended me. I could use some other nouns that will really offend you. We live in a world that wears their emotions on their sleeves. If you disagree with somebody, you offend me. Well, bless God, uh, my, my Bible says that if I'm living God's way, I am going to offend the world. But Christians aren't to live offended. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Well, I can't believe that preacher. He hurt my feelings, so I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, God bless you. Let me burp you on the way out. Come on, folks. (laughs) 
I better keep going here. We live in a world filled with, and, and I have zero racial bias. You're looking at a man that is literally and physically colorblind. Skin is skin. God made man from dirt. Just because your dirt's darker than my dirt doesn't mean that it's less dirty. Y'all got that? Brother Frank? Your dirt is darker than my dirt, but we're both dirt. Amen. I don't care what color you are. Black, green, brown, purple, chartreuse. I, and, and I don't. I've preached in every color congregation a church there can be. Trust me. I had a deacon that was happened to be a black man in our church in South Carolina. He said, preacher, he said, we black folks ain't colored. He said, don't call us colored. He said, you white folks are colored. <laughs> okay, Brother Benny. There's got to be some profound thing in there. Tell me. He said, when you're cold, you turn blue. When you're sick, you turn green. When you're hot, you turn red. And you want to call me colored? <laughs> I said, point taken, point taken. Makes sense to me. All right. Got me on that one, amen. Now, wait a minute. I really don't care what color somebody's skin is. Why do we make such a big deal of it? You can't do anything about it, neither can I. <laughs> One of the silliest things I've ever heard is people wanting reparations for slavery. The color of your skin doesn't mean that you came from slaves. First of all, I heard a black man just two weeks ago. He made this statement. I'm going to quote him. He said, anybody that wants reparations shouldn't take money. You owe the people that paved the way for you. You owe them. They don't owe you. I like that man. He's right. Everybody doing okay? You're not to profit on what they did. You're to make what they did profitable. You're not supposed to make life easier for you based on what they did. You're to take what they did and make their memory profitable. Amen. That doesn't, and I don't care what color your skin is. I'm against the buying and selling of people as cattle. That's right. Do you know what the closest thing we have to slavery in America is today? Professional sports. Amen. Buying, selling, and trading people like cattle. Yes, sir. Now, they're rich ones, but that's as close to slavery as you can get as pro, pro sports. And may I say this? Just because someone disagrees with you is not a reason to be offended. Yes, if my wife doesn't agree with something I do, you just hate me. No, she disagrees. Well, I'm offended. Well, go burp yourself. Change your own diaper. Wash your own clothes. My wife doesn't have to agree with everything. I'm not God. And you all ought to be really glad. Did you know dead people don't get offended? 
Did you know you can go down to the cemetery or the funeral home and talk to all the dead bodies and you can't say anything that's going to get them offended? Well, God says we are to be crucified with Christ so that we can live. I am sick and tired of everybody wearing their feelings on their shoulders. (laughs) Why do people expect me (laughs) to change what I think to say that they're right? The sun comes up in the east and sets in the west. I don't care if that offends you. Well, I don't think so. I think it comes a different way. Well, turn around and look at the compass. Everybody doing okay? Right and wrong does not change. God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. This stupid alphabet soup crowd, this woke society, this, well, you offend me. Oh, we can't keep score at a ball game because some poor little kid might cry. They need to learn how to cry. They need to learn how to strike out and lose the game for their team. They need to know that part of success is not being successful all the time. Uh, Hang on, you're going to get really mad at me here in a few minutes. (laughs) Why is it that people get offended at that book? I went to the airport one day to pick up a preacher. (laughs) I was at Dulles Airport waiting in luggage. Plane got delayed. I sat down. There was one chair, people everywhere. I sat down, reached in my pocket, and pulled my New Testament out, opened it up. Two people down that way, two people down this way, right next to me, got up and walked away. They had towels wrapped around their head. (laughs) I thought... I took a shower today. (laughs) There's a little old lady. She come walking over. She said, sir. I said, you may sit there. Yes, ma'am. I think they got up. She said, yeah, when you pulled your Bible out, they got offended and left. She said, are you a Christian? I said, yes, ma'am. Are you? She said, I am. She said, are you a preacher? I said, yes, I am. She said, I never saw a preacher had enough guts to do that. I said, well, you just met one. I'll let the word of God offend anybody. I don't have to be mean or rude. Did you know if they had pulled their Koran out or whatever holy quote unquote book they have, I wouldn't have got up and walked away? Why does mine offend them? Not too long ago I was somewhere and somebody used God's name in vain. I said, yeah. I said, don't do that. That's my God's name. I said, how about you put Allah's name with that word instead? Ooh, boy, you should have heard people. Ooh. I said, how come it's only my God that you use as a curse word? Are we doing okay? Good. Preacher, I don't think you ought to say that. Let God be true at every man a liar. Amen. You see, that book right there and the God of that book are to be the final authority, not some pinheaded sinful man. Not some religious leader. Not this pastor. I am not the head of the church. Jesus is. And I'm not Jesus. No nail prints. I don't care if you dress it up, put a half million dollar grapefruit on its head and call it El Papa, dress it like El Mama, it still doesn't make it right. 
Well, you shouldn't make fun. I'm not making fun. I'm just telling you like it is. The church is not supposed to be the final authority. The word of God is to be the final authority. God is to be the final authority, not man. How does my living right offend so many people? How does being married to the same woman for 34 years make everybody mad? Y'all doing okay? (laughs) Because it makes them look bad. It reveals they're wrong. And they work so hard at earning their own way to heaven that if somebody is living better than they, it makes them look bad. Well, you can't get to heaven by what you do. For by grace are you saved through faith. Hello? It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I don't get to heaven by how good I am. I get to heaven by how good he was. Disagreement does not mean offense, unless you're the one playing God. The only time you get offended at everything is because you want to be God. (laughs) This is where you're really going to get mad. We're not going to change public education, or as I call it, public indoctrination. But we sure don't, we sure don't have to support those rascals and call them experts. This week, Jefferson County Perspective put out their numbers so happy. Proficiency rates in Jefferson County are back to where they were pre-COVID. They're excited. Reading proficiency is now at the 47th percentile. That means 47 out of 100 students can read at grade level. They're excited. Science. 37 percentile. That means 63 out of 100 kids can't even keep up scientifically at grade level. They're excited. We're back up. Do you know where it was before then? Math. It was down to 29%. It's now back up to 37%. That's why they can't count change back when you see them at McDonald's. Can you just put it in the jar? Because I don't know how to count it back. Have you ever met that before? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jefferson, Jefferson County Perspective this week. I'm brand new to this CKLA, CKLA method of teaching language arts. Upon hearing staff bitterly complain about it, I, was, I did some research. This is in Jefferson County Schools, right where you're sitting. Supposedly the best in the state. Hang on. There is no grammar, no spelling in language arts. The material for my grade level is incredibly out of touch with my students' interests and comprehension level. Far above their level of understanding. 
sexual, racial, and religious issues, mainly non-Christian, are rampant. How did this curriculum get accepted? This is by a teacher in Jefferson County Schools. By the way, this curriculum is such a large part of the day's scheduling that, requ- that is required in the state of West Virginia that the West Virginia educational standards and objectives can barely, if at all, be addressed. You'll remember that back in March of 2022, the Jefferson County Board of Education spent over $2 million to purchase the Amplified Language Arts Curriculum for the county. This is the curriculum I just talked about. I hate to tell you something. At Grace Baptist Church School, they're going to learn to read. By the time they get out of kindergarten. Not third grade. They're going to understand how to do mathematics. And not do this. The rest of their life. Or I got to get a calculator. Everybody doing all right? (laughs) When you can brag about being under the 50 percentile as being back up. I looked at our test scores from our school from last year. Every one of our children were in the upper 90 percentile. Proof's in the pudding, and the pudding's here. Just because you're eating spoiled pudding doesn't mean mine's not bad, not, not good. So, the crucified life. The good news is, <laughs> you can have a rapture with a crucified life. Now hang on, one of these days Jesus is going to come back. He's going to snatch us out and take us away from this mess, and we're going to blow this popsicle stand wide open. He's coming back for his own. If you choose to live the crucified life, he is going to resurrect you and take you out of this world spiritually. Now hang on, I'm going somewhere. Give me three or four minutes and we'll be done. If you live the crucified life, you're not going to miss what the world has to offer. And when you start living what God wants, you are lifted out and away from and above what the world has to offer. The guy laying in the gutter in his own vomit that doesn't remember what he did last night, but he's got a headache and a hangover, isn't having as good a time as I am right now. The crucified life allows me to be snatched away, raptured, from the world to live in the church. The very definition of church means called out assembly. Snatched out assembly. And when you get right with the Lord and you live the crucified life and you leave the world and start living your life in the way God wanted you to live, you can have a rapture every day. Boy, that's good stuff. Each time we're at church, it's like a mini rapture from the world. Those who do not go in the rapture will face the great tribulation. Judgment, death, disease, problems. Sounds like those out in the world today, doesn't it? 
then why do we want to bring that into the church? Why do we want to bring tribulation? We fill our churches with people that don't even believe in God. I'll finish. To live the life God wants for us, we have to be willing to live the crucified life. And may I just say, I'm not the perfect example. But I tell you this, I've been doing my best at it for about the last 43 years, and it's been a pretty good life. No regrets. No regrets. Oh, I've had opportunity. 17 years old, had two pro contracts offered to me to play professional baseball. Went to my preacher and he said, son, did God call you to preach? I said, he did. He said, what's your question? I said, but preacher, I got these two contracts, $70,000 if I just sign a piece of paper. Go straight out of high school into double A ball. He said, did God call you to preach? I said, yes, sir. He said, so what's your question? Gotcha, preacher. Tore him up, threw him in his trash can, walked out of his office. Years later, took my teens to a Charleston River Dogs game down in Charleston, South Carolina. I looked at my wife. I said, see that guy over there? I think I know him. She said, who is he? I said, Nolan Ryan. She said, who's that? You don't know nothing. I said, hang on. Watch the kids. I'm going over here. I walked over and introduced myself to Nolan Ryan himself. His son, Reed, was playing double, uh, single A ball in Charleston. I began to talk. He asked me about my background. I showed him the teenagers I had over there. He reached his hand out and he said, young man, you made the right decision. I've made a lot of millions of dollars, but my career's over, and I'm, I still got a lot of life to live. I said, Mr. Ryan, may I ask you a question? He said, you may. I said, if you died today, do you know 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Brother Frank, Nolan Ryan himself began to have tears run down his face. He said, Pastor, I haven't heard that question in a long time. He said, I do. He said, as a 10-year-old boy in a church in, in Texas, my grandma took me to church, and I heard an old man of God get up and preach, preach the devil and scared me to death, and I walked an aisle and trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Amen. A man reached his hand out, put his arm around me, and he said, don't you change. Don't, don't you think you made the wrong decision? He said, those young people's lives over there, they're lasting for eternity. What I did is just written in a page on a book somewhere. He said, what you're doing is going to last forever. By the way, one of those young men sitting in that ballpark stands was an evangelist who preached behind this pulpit. His name's Jamie Jackson. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Wouldn't trade it for the world. There, there's not enough money in the world. By the way, isn't it God who said that we pass from death to life when we die? Not life to death. What the world calls living, God calls death. On December 20th, when my mama took her last breath here, she started living. She didn't quit living. She just changed addresses.
So, maybe we ought to get saved. If you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, you could know that. If you've been saved and never obeyed the Lord, let's obey him. Maybe you just need to learn to die to what your flesh and what your soul wants and do what God says. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I would never do that. I'd never call you by name. But I'd ask you to be honest for just a moment. Just pretend it's you and God sitting there at the chair. Who'd say, preacher, if I died today, I'm 100% sure. I know for sure that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. You may put your hands down. Thank you. In a crowd this size and that quickly, there's no way I could, I could see every person. Just as I did not embarrass those. You see it at your chair and say, preacher, if I died today, I don't know that for sure, but I'd like to know that someday. Would you raise your hand? All right. Someone else? All right. Who'd say, preacher, somewhere in that sermon, something I needed today for my life as a Christian. Would you raise your hand? Oh, my soul, scores and scores of hands. You may put them down. In a moment, we'll stand to our feet. When we stand to our feet, the piano begin to play. The piano begins to play. If you just raised your hand, how about you come? Kneel at an old-fashioned altar and pray. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ, we'll have somebody take the Bible and show you how you can do for sure. If you've been saved and never baptized and want to obey the Lord in your baptism, we can do that today. If you've been saved and baptized by immersion and like to join our church, <laughs> I'm pulling no punches. But we'd love to have you join the church. Join church doesn't get you to heaven. Baptism doesn't get you to heaven. Getting saved gets you to heaven. The others is just all obedience and obeying what God says.